Welcome to the big fucking F. Oh, man, it feels good to be back. Feels real oh. good to be back. Hey, I've got an idea for today's episode. Hit me. Uh, normally, you know, we start off with an A block that's kind of uh, just okay, I think. And uh, once we get to the C block, we've really picked up steam and like things are really moving. And I feel like most of our audience probably drops off after about three minutes. So why don't we start with the C block today? I was hoping you'd say that. And do a really good job at the start, and then we can trail off at the end. Great. I uh, I actually was kind of, we didn't even talk about this in the pre-show meeting that we had for about 30 seconds, but I was kind of thinking the same thing. We really need to suck them in, in this first A block. Yeah. I think, I have, you know, me and you will catch up momentarily, but sometimes when me and you are just catching up, People aren't interested in that. We People need to don't want to know about that. They want to hear the news. They want to learn something. They want to be engaged. They want to feel a little bit horny. Okay. So we're going to have a little, a little Sadie Hawkins here. Okay. Uh, I'm going to let you play the role of the female. I know you'll thrive in that role and I'm oh. going to let you, I'm going to let you make the choice here. So I'm going to throw out, um, I'm going to throw out a couple of things that I just wanted to read over with you. And you tell me what you want to start with here to kick off the show. Okay. Uh, I first of all, I have a New York Post article. Hmm. Always and, quality content coming from the yeah. New York Post. Yeah, and this is under the sex and relationships heading, my favorite part of the New York Post. Mm-hmm. And this, the title of this article is First Date Jitters?" Question mark. Here's what to expect from each zodiac sign. I know you and I have dove into some astrology in the past it's made for some good clips some good moments so that's one option that's one Mm -hmm. option and you know i've i've actually been kind of out there we can talk about this in the b block maybe but i've kind of been out there in the the world of first dates and i'm still kind of circumnavigating that world so maybe that'll give me something that i can can kind of put to use so we've got that or we have an advice column this advice column comes from the sun.co.uk. So it's from oh, across from the, the UK sun. Yeah, it's across the pond. And it, the title is Dear Deidre. That's the name of the article. I love it already. And Dear Deidre, this, the topic of this one says, My fling with work receptionist has gone sour, and I fear she'll tell my fiancé. <laughs> why are you, first off, why are you writing in? Uh, if you're worried that someone's going to find out about something, why are you writing in for it to be published? Uh, well, even if it's dear, anonymous. Yeah, dear Deidre prides herself on anonymity and you know respecting her sources and the subjects of her articles. So I see where your head's at, but I don't think I don't think our our philanderer here has anything to worry about in that regard. Plus, the article very well well may be fake. It may not even be real. True, true. What percentage of big lift, big if listeners do you think are philanderers? Uh, yeah, there's got to be a one or two philanderers out there in the audience. And you're, sure. if you're driving to work or you're mowing the lawn or whatever, you're listening to this, you know who you are. 
Yeah, I've kind of thought since about episode three of ours that we we didn't have the purest of audiences. No, we got some philanderers out and there. And I'm okay with that. I'm gonna I'm okay with that. I oh I'm not I'm not shaming you necessarily. Um but you should not be philandering. I'm telling you right now. That's not yeah. good for anybody. So do you want to go with the New York Post first date? article yeah. with the zodiac yeah. sign let's, you want to do let's that one do that i like i like astrology articles you know that i'm very in tune with the moon and the stars and the waves um yeah i would like to start there okay here we go jerry seinfeld comedian and denier of hugs argues what is a date really but a job interview that lasts all night the only difference between a date and a job interview is that in not many job interviews is there a chance you'll wind up naked at the end of it Oh, Jerry. Big truths, Jer Bear. Big truths. And yet, despite the oscillating feelings of hope and despair that accompany a first date, people in mass remain willing to walk into that all-night interview. As with all dealings, personal, professional, and dubious, preparation is paramount. They do love their uh, they alliteration. They love their alliteration, man. Preparation you... is paramount. But how, how, do you, how does one prepare for a first date, according to the New York Post? After you get your back waxed, teeth whitened, and your criminal record sealed, there are other ways to assemble your A-game. TikTok star Carla Elia has a, sample, has a simple but effective rule for first date conversations. Don't talk about your past. Talk about your dreams. I'm going to interject here real quick. Mm -hmm. so, Don't talk about your past. Talk about your dreams. So in that statement, it reminded me, I in the last week and a half i recently went on a first date mm -hmm. and it went well enough and then uh, you know three or four days later went on a second date and then actually the next day went and watched sunday night football so i guess you would say there was three dates in like the span of a week what do you watch sunday night football at her home no at a at a local watering hole okay okay and um and is this her name is Deidre, right? No, Deidre's the advice columnist from the sun.co.uk. This girl uh, what a what a twist that would have been. Yeah. Um we'll call her for just the sake of this article, we'll call her Lexi. Lexi. So Lexi was was cool enough. Um I'll be honest, I wasn't it wasn't really a vibe, you know. Kind of from the first night was okay, but you know, on the second night, I could tell maybe that there really wasn't a vibe there. But anyway, I want to tell you something about Lexi that really was a slight red flag to me. Ooh, okay, all right. You know, I'm a big fan of red flags. I like flags of most varieties, but red, are yeah, just the juiciest. And some red flags, you just say "fuck it" and just blow right through. But uh, I'll be some honest, check points. Like I'm, I'm making sure that you have the same red flag as I do. And in you know, we all have a past. I have a past. She had a past. Um, we were both divorced. Uh -huh. uh, we both have seen a person or two since the divorce that lasted for a little while. We were both about the same time recently back in the, the dating world. So we all have our past and whatever. Mm -hmm. Here was my red flag with Lexi. In the three nights that we hung out together, there was just exponentially too many conversations coming from her end about her past. 
about her exes. Oh, okay. Okay, it came up a to, lot. She wanted to, what, what do you think she's just testing you? Do you think she's clearing the air or do you think she's just not over some of these experiences? Um, I don't think it was a test in any way. I just think she is an open book and I think she just, you know, I, I don't know. And also I, I should say in the three dates that we went on, if the conversation was a pie chart, based on who talked more, her or I, in all honesty, the pie chart had to have been about 85% her, 15% me. It was about her life and her interest and her past and her exes and her whatever, whatever. And I don't, you know, I don't mind listening. I'm a good listener at times, but I all, you know, I try to make a conscious effort in a situation like that to make that pie chart as close to 50-50 as possible. You you desire reciprocation. Absolutely. I've I've long said that. Uh that's one of my that's one of my tenets of, I know. of I'm life. Ti- I'm actually tired of hearing you say that. But my aside here is the fact that she just brought up her exes and her past relationships so much. And listen, if she and I had had worked out in, in one way or another and dated for a while, and over time you start to, you know, get a little more intimate in terms of what you share and talk about your story and who's, you know, led what's led you to who you are, that's fine. But I think it's very tacky. I don't know if tacky might not be the right word, but it, it, your exes in your past and really just continually bringing it up in these first handful of encounters right it's a it's a red flag to me and i was not feeling it so i agree with the new york post when it says talk about your don't talk about your past talk about your dreams okay all right i'm feeling this um with the way that you're talking about your past three dates yeah it doesn't sound like there's going to be a fourth there absolutely will not be a fourth so oh okay like i said after the after the first date, I the first night I was kind of feeling it. We had some decent conversation. Like I said, she did most of it, but I enjoyed that night. Uh, the second date was. This to is the night that she met her boss, right? No, that's a different person. Oh, that was okay. that, that date was one and done. Oh, okay, okay. Your boy's just kind of throwing up L's left and right recently. You know what? At least you're entering the arena. <laughs> so. Uh, after the second date, I was kind you know, it was nice to have a little companionship for those couple nights, but I could tell there wasn't a whole lot of like, uh, there was no spark there. So after the third night, the Sunday night football night, uh, maybe the next day, I think it was, I got a text from her that said, Hey, um, I had a really good time on these nights hanging out, blah, blah, blah. But I just didn't. I didn't feel it like I had hoped I would. And even though I will, you know, I'm going to get vulnerable here with you for a second. Even though I wasn't feeling it either, having somebody tell you that they weren't feeling you is a blow to the ego. It didn't sure. feel great. Yeah. Um, But I did also, you know, I'm also stubborn and want to, you know, I didn't, you know. So she told you that she wasn't feeling it? Yeah, in a very polite way. Like, it wasn't like she was a bitch about it. And I get it. If you're not feeling it, let's not go out six more times and da 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 So 
Uh, well, it's but kind I'll... of hard to feel it whenever you're the one who's dominating the conversation and uh, you're not allowing feelings to even permeate. Fair enough. But, but my going. response, my response to her, I also I didn't want, you know, this was coming off the week before going out with the flight attendant where I met her boss. And that was right. one and one and done. When I pursued a second date, she made it clear that she didn't really see it, you know, going anywhere other than being friends. Um, so this was the second rejection in the span of like a week and a half. And I, when I responded to her text, I said, I'm actually kind of glad to hear you say that. Cause I really wasn't feeling it either, <laughs> which, which was honest, but also I did it in a very petty way because, you know, I, I don't want you to feel like you crushed me. You didn't crush no, me. No, I'm, I crush you. Yeah. So then actually that was, and then she was like, whew, okay. And that was our last correspondence. And then like over the weekend, I think it was Saturday night. Yeah. Cause I was at the Mizzou game. I get a random text from her and it says, Hey, weird question, but PJ, PJ is her best friend's guy that she's dating. They uh -huh. went to the, they went to the Cardinal game that we, that we went to. That was date two. So she says, Hey, weird question, but PJ wants to know about your pearl necklace. Your because, pearl necklace? Oh. Well, the night that we went to the Cardinal game, I do have a pearl necklace that I wear when I feel the vibes right. And I wore it to the game. Did it come in that same uh in that same package with the nipple clamps? No, this was a different purchase completely. Oh, okay. Amazon though. No, Target. I got my pearl oh. necklace at Target. But yeah, so she after she on Monday says thanks but no thanks i wasn't feeling you then on saturday she sends me a random text saying uh hey pj wants to know about your pearl necklace and i don't know if he liked the pearl necklace and wanted to know where i got it i don't know if i was the butt of the joke uh -huh. i really didn't know so uh what would you have responded if you were me how would you have went back to that if at all uh first reaction is fuck out of here with that pearl necklace shit okay. um that's initial reaction after i get over that sort of lizard brain kind of rapid reaction i'm probably asking some sort of clarifying question trying to understand exactly what you're saying there like figuring out my status in this like am i the butt of a joke here am i setting myself up for a joke or does pj is he or was he could be maybe a buddy and we could bond over this uh, target purchase. Cause yeah, really that could have gone either way. Either yeah. it was like, Ooh, someone in this equation thought you had some unique style mm -hmm. or what are you doing? Wearing a pearl necklace. If it's mm -hmm. the latter, I don't really care. Cause I like it. Drake wears them. Um, other, I've seen other cool people wearing them. So I'm fine being in the pearl necklace club. Okay. Here, here's how I responded. Who is this? <laughs> As if you have already deleted her number. <laughs> okay, I, I did want to wow. tell you that. I didn't actually say wow. that. I, oh, I, okay. I wish I, part of me wishes I would have. Oh, that, that would have been fantastic. I'm just not that guy. I don't have that kind of like Ari Gold mentality in me. I want to. And maybe now it's like four days later. Maybe I should send it now, but I feel like it's lost its uh, its steam. I just didn't respond to it. I'm not engaging. Oh my gosh! Okay. 
I wish I would have said who is this though. That would have been pretty, pretty uh, savage. Been, yeah, truly. All right. So anyway, that's my dating life recently. So let's see. Let's wow. get back to our article and see if that if we got anything that could help me out. Yeah, well, I thought there was some astrology involved here. Yeah, I'm trying to scan ahead and see where it gets to the astrology. Um, if the hellscape of dating, moderating your alcohol consumption, and the prospect of staring at a stranger across a cafe table is too much to bear, take heart, because there's always the self-love, single-on-purpose, pleasure-as-birthright practice of master dating. Ooh, master dating. Have you ever heard that term? Uh, no, I like it, though. I also like that idea of uh, just that turn of phrase. If this doesn't work, take heart. But I really like that. Go ahead and buy yourself flowers, Miley Cyrus, and order dessert first. So now I see down. Okay, I'm going to skip ahead and get to the... Um, if you're looking for some guidance on what to expect from your potential partner, understanding the unique qualities and personalities of each astrological sign can be helpful. This article provides insight into the distinctive traits of each sign, so you can either brace yourself for a delightful surprise... Or impress your partner with your preparedness. Read on to learn more. I remember from talking to you in the past, you're a Taurus. So I'm going to start with Taurus. Okay. Taurus on a date, expect the best. They pick the, per they pick the perfect location, food, drinks, and entertainment. They'll notice details like perfume or jewelry. If it goes well, a second date will come fast. And if the second date is a success... They're likely to start merging assets and picking out interior paint colors in their minds. Taurus is about comfort and minimalizing waste. So if they think you're a worthy investment, they're apt to put their chips in, but never share their fries. We see this all in approach in Travis Scott, who invited Kylie Jenner to go on tour with him after their first date at Coachella. And you know what Travis Scott is wearing in the picture in this article? What a pearl necklace! A pearl, a pearl fucking necklace, baby! Wow. Does that uh, okay? So, if you were, do those traits? Does that no. seem like you? That's not no. you. No. Um. Look, I, I'm. I uh, would certainly be a detailed person. I, I can notice or like reserve some of these details. Um. At least at this stage in my life, I can. But uh. No, otherwise, comfort like the comfort side. No, I I believe the I believe the characterization of Taurus is, is that we are hard headed, uh, stubborn. stubborn, stubborn people uh, yeah. who just cannot uh, get. You can't get through to us essentially, and so I don't. I'm not picking up any of those qualities from the description. So whoever wrote that is just a class A moron. All right. Fair enough. I can't see it yet. I'm going to do mine next. I'm a okay. cancer and I'm going to make a couple of predictions about what I think this article might say, just based on how I approach first dates. And I'm going to be brutally honest. I'm not going to sugarcoat it, but I'm going to tell you what I think it's going to say about cancers. Okay. Hit me. Um, I'm going to say that cancers can fall hard and fast mm -hmm. so they might get attached quickly i'm gonna that's say what, that's what you just read you just basically just read that idea is like we're gonna fall fast and then we're gonna ask you to move in with us at, on a third date that's true too 
I reject that characterization. And but that I think class A moron. <laughs> I think I think the cancer side of things is going to be more like they're not going to like take action on. Oh, okay, all right. I just emotionally, they're going to be invested quickly. Okay, okay. I also think that they're going to touch on uh, cancers like, uh, like if you don't text them. You're insane. They want to be sexual appetite. <laughs> they like to have people spit in their mouth. Yeah. Uh, but I think it's going to be something about like they're going to want you to text them back and quickly. Okay. All, All right. right. Here we go. All right. What do we got? Cancer folk play it close to the vest on a first date. That metaphorical crustacean shell translates to a wariness about new people. When everything holds the potential to hurt you, you bundle up and hunker down, folks. Approaching every new relationship with reservation is something that comes naturally to a cancer. So if you're on a first date with them, it's important to note that they might be cautious with you at first, but don't get discouraged. They just need a little time to get to know you. Cancer is the sign of root systems and the past. As such, they can be successfully courted using throwback dates, roller skating, swing sets, ice cream, go-karts, mini golf, making out behind the bleachers, etc. Remind them of a time before they learned what people are capable of, and they will prove more willing to take a tentative step in your direction. Class A moron. This is uh, not the this is not the characteristics of a cancer. Um the, Flip those, flip those descriptions, and you have more apt character, uh, character uh, qualities. You think that first description fit me better, and the second one you? I think the first description fits that sign better. Yeah, just based on the signs. So, um, in fact, in fact, cancer. I, I was kind of the exact opposite of my prediction. I said that the cancer yeah. would like, be all into it fast. And the article says, this is written by uh, Rita Wiggle. Rita Wiggle? Yeah, is her name. All right. Our, if anyone out there knows Rita Wiggle. We're going to tag her in this. We need him. her to listen to this. Should we get her on the pod? Yeah, if we can get Rita. I've got a couple questions about her uh, her astrology Um interpretations i'm rita, gonna read but by the way rita wiggle is a sweet ass name though yeah r-e-d-a is rita wiggle -E wiggle and uh wiggle is one g oh okay i'm writing in pen over here i've got to cross a few things out um now the last one i'll read unless you want to hear any others is i'm going to read libra because the girl that i most recently saw a few times from the story before was a libra you're talking about uh lexi lexi was a libra libra lexi lexi was a libra huh perfect for the new york post oh they would love you <laughs> All right. i'm gonna read this about her and see if i feel like it matched her energy from from our first couple dates Libras are charming, no, and can make you feel like they're into you even on the first date, but don't mistake their eagerness for long-term commitment. If they're interested, they'll let you know. I guess 
that conversely, if they're not, they'll let you know that was true. Libras lead with charm, regardless of whether they're serious about follow through. They want everyone to love them, but want is not an indication of actual interest or investment. Libras are turned off by poor manners and won over by clever conversation and people that smell rich. That ain't your boy. Be smart with a well-heeled bohemian approach to sexual fidelity, and they'll be calling you back with the quickness. Be smart with a well-heeled bohemian approach to fidelity? To sexual fidelity. To sexual fidelity. What is Let's that? Break, I have no idea. Let's break that down. Be smart with a well-heeled. What does well-heeled mean? I would just think like a uh, like a firmly entrenched or a um, uh, like a it's almost like a there's integrity to it. Bohemian approach. What is a bohemian approach? I know what a bohemian that, dec decor looks like. See, that would to me suggest a bohemian approach to sexuality, sexual with, fidelity, sexual. Okay real quick a bohemian approach to sexuality i would consider someone who's maybe a little bit freer swinging yeah uh, someone who throws caution to the wind a little bit and uh doesn't use prophylactics so i would but this is a well healed bohemian approach to sexual fidelity yeah what does fidelity mean being faithful yes so, so are they saying partner. like be like open and casual really with your faithful, sexual but with just that person be oh be casually sexual with one person is what i'm getting and be smart about it be smart about it yeah okay well fair enough are uh, there any other ones you want to hear or do you think no, we pretty much I, covered no, this I don't, I don't i think we've heard enough from rita wiggle uh i will there is an interesting uh development Actually, I don't know if you checked our inbox recently, but we got an email. No. We got an email. It says, big fan, questions for you. No fucking way. This is all true. We got an email. Okay. And, uh, I was thinking maybe we could read it. I. That's the whole reason we've been asking for him. Okay. Uh, this comes from Helga O'Brien of Fenton, Missouri says, Dear Luther and D'Angelo, I'm a longtime listener of The Big If and probably one of your biggest fans. You two are so funny and handsome that sometimes I just can't contain myself. There's no I'm way so this is real. There's absolutely no way this is real. <laughs> I feel like I know you both so well already, but I love to ask some questions. <laughs> To learn more and spice up your next episode. When did this email come in? It, uh, not 30 minutes ago. From All right, Help go on. In <laughs> Finden, Missouri. All right, then she's got three questions here for us. Okay. One question. How have you managed to become one of the most successful podcasts in history? What do you think is the key ingredient in your special sauce of success? Wow, that's a big one, Helga. Uh, In I would interesting, say, interesting name for a girl out of Fenton. Well, you know, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of names out there, a lot of places <laughs> where you can live. <laughs> 
when you said Helga, I'm like, no shit. Somebody from fucking uh, what's that cunt? Belgium. I was like, somebody from Belgium, Belgium actually emailed us. Maybe she's a Belgian who lives locally. Who knows? She moved here to be closer to her favorite podcast. That's crazy. That's crazy. So wow. the the first part of that was how have we managed to become one of the most successful podcasts? Yeah, in history. What do you think is the key ingredient in your special sauce of success? Oh, I like how she worded that. That um, sounded would... very New York Postian too. It did. This might be Rita Wiggle uh, disguising herself as Helga O'Brien. Uh, well, what would you say the special sauce is to whatever to the magic that we create on like a a semi periodic basis? I think I think uh, it's friendship and connection that uh, yeah. people can pick up on here. You know, the the pandemic left us all so isolated. Sure. Um, and people are just dying to feel connected to someone or something. I mean, we've talked about it at ad nauseum with uh, people like dating AIs, right? So when they hear uh, two friends of of such quality, uh, just just bantering, chit chatting, um, working through A, Bs, and C blocks, yeah, it's just it's so endearing that it has shot us up to number the number one podcast in Sun City Center, Florida incredible which is amazing but yeah that's that's what i'd say what do you think uh i think you're i think you're spot on um i think you and i are incredible friends the distance between us although not ideal when we get together it's like no time has passed and no distance is even there the distance is merely physical um and i think our friendship is is true and genuine and i think I think you and I, we complement each other well, um, and I just I think, I think we both have personalities that lend itself to, to having these fun convert. Not not just anybody uh, could sit here and have the kind of kind of conversations that you and I do. The banter, no um, uh, leveling accusations at anybody, um, but not for their kinks. Uh, yeah no yeah. I, I that's another big thing is that we that we share we've we share been, our we've always never kink shamed yeah that's and i think that the audience is picking up on that you can tell plus just the range of topics that we cover it's like a lot of uh men's health mentally and physically i think that we cover and attitudinally yeah. we're kind of a men's health podcast we're also a um, The Circle on Netflix uh, companion podcast, an unofficial companion co- podcast. Yeah, um, season season two of The Big If was heavy into The Circle. What are we on right now? Is it, I thought we we're still on season two. Uh, no, we're one of those shows that does like short seasons. Like, we just jump not... around between seasons, maybe? Yeah, like... I would say right now we're kind of in like season four. Season four. All right. Yeah, I All can right. see that. Wow. So well, what, what, great what else did Helga have? To, what did she have Hel- to say? Helga O'Brien of Fenton, Missouri. Her second question is, what DVDs do you still own? What DVDs do we still own? Yeah. 
And I thought that was that was an interesting question because that that came up in my life recently, um, where I'm cleaning out the garage and I got all these DVDs. I have I have a PS4 that I can play the DVDs on, but that is the only machine capable of playing DVDs in this house, and it's in our bedroom. So I brought all the DVDs to the bedroom because that's that's where you can play the DVDs, right? Um, sure, it's all making sense so far. Exactly. That did not uh, that did not sit well with my better half. Um, she did not like seeing copies of uh, uh, W, the George Bush, uh, <laughs> and uh, the Last Samurai, starring Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise, yeah. Uh, she did not like having a copy of the Muppet Christmas Carol, Invisible Sight. Um, she did not like having uh, a couple of old red boxes that were never returned of Argo and this is 40 sitting just on on the counter there or right by the it, it's it's been a great source of consternation and uh, I am I'm feeling the pressure to get rid of these DVDs but you're also going I bought these DVDs and I've already cut them down to this, to these ones that I want to keep. Sure. The ones that are still around, they've stood the test of time and you're, you know, that's not something that you just sever ties with and part ways with forever. No. And think of all of the uh, bonus features, the, um, you know, the laugh track clips or, or what, what are the bloopers? You know, the uh, deleted scenes, all the things that I'm never going to be able to access from these movies without the DVDs. True. If the only maybe, there was maybe on YouTube, but who knows? I was going to say, if only there was a website that like aggregated, like basically every video clip ever made, that would we should do that. That's actually a website that aggregated strictly bonus features from DVDs would be a pretty cool community uh, to build, I think. I'm not talking about anything else except for DVD bonus features. Something something that perhaps the, uh, the Big If Corp can kind of expand into as we continue growth. Yeah. If you have any ideas about this, um, write into us at thebigifpod at gmail.com. Let us know what DVDs you still own. And uh, what bonus features you couldn't live without? Well, I'm going to tell you this. You and I have similar situations in some ways. I, too, only have capability of playing DVDs on my PlayStation 4. There's no other DVD player. This is this is it. That's it. That's it. And it, it, what you can't throw that away, right? Right. I, I mean, I, I still use my PS4 periodically. I don't game a lot anymore. But I'm going to tell you this. Recently... I had the hankering to watch two different things. And I thought to myself, hey, I've got these on DVD. Let's bust them out. Let's let's get nostalgic and let's let's watch a DVD. One of those was Entourage. Oh, I started I started showing Corbin Entourage. And I wanted to watch Entourage. And then so I go and I put the DVD into the PlayStation 4. And it will not read it. What? Yeah. So I thought maybe something was wrong with the disc. Tried another disc in the Entourage box set. Nothing. 
Oh my and, gosh. And then not long after that, I wanted to watch what is my absolute favorite movie ever. I talk about the I this everything's coming full circle. On most first dates, if we're just talking about likes and dislikes, I always ask the question, if you could only take one DVD with you to be on a deserted island for the rest of your life, and this is the only movie that you can ever watch again in perpetuity, right? what are you taking? And this is my movie that answers that question, Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Great movie. And Great I tried to watch Forgetting, I tried to watch it last week, and same thing. The DVD player, the PS4 will not read it. So I, I'm guessing there's something wrong with the sensor. Well, I don't know how DVD technology works, but it won't read it. Interesting. I, uh, I'm i curious what's going on there because, you know, I haven't tried. The last time that I used our uh, PlayStation 4 as a DVD player was for, um, I believe it was for The Last Samurai by uh, featuring Tom Cruise. Yeah. Or maybe old school. I don't know. Anyways, I'm sure it had some killer bonus features on it, but I don't remember having any trouble with it. And uh, yeah, I'm curious what's going on there because that renders all of your box sets of all any Entourage season. It, yeah, yeah it, it renders every DVD that has made the cut over two decades of my life. Yeah, it renders useless. Can you imagine though, uh, if that if DVDs were introduced today, if they had never existed and they were just introduced today, when you have the ability to, within a few clicks, get to pretty much any movie or show title that you want, and then here comes some uh, somebody being like, "No, um, you need to buy you, you need to buy individual titles one at a time." <laughs> Let me talk to you about a little something called bonus features. <laughs> and that's how there was selling. do you it would fall so flat on its face yeah it's really i mean shit's evolved i remember my first job was at blockbuster and it was at the tail end of vhs's and it was i remember having to rewind vhs tapes when i got in for my shift in the morning you had to rewind vhs's we had a uh, a little machine that you put it in and push the button and it would rewind it back and then we'd box it up and get it back on the shelf. I'm really dating myself with this revelation here. Wow. Wow. Was there uh, anything else from Helga or was that no, it? There was one more there was one more burning question that Helga O'Brien of Fenton, Missouri had. Oh, hey, hey, we're talking about entourage. Here's a nice um little segue. Who do you think has a higher net worth? Jeremy Piven or Ron Jeremy? <laughs> interesting interesting question helga um uh, so i have uh just i looked i looked these up um and i have an actual answer but what do you who do you think is worth more today i mean i'm gonna go piven I think Ron Jeremy has maybe made more over the course of his career, but he seems like the type that would piss it away extremely quickly and be left with nothing. Plus, I think he could be in prison. So I'm, I'm going to say he's in prison for some sexual misconduct. So I'm going to say Jeremy Piven. You are correct. Yeah. 
I figured I would be. Uh, is worth in the first three uh, Google results anywhere from thirty to thirty-five million dollars, which always seems low to me when I think about some of these movie stars. I mean, I know they probably spent a lot of this money too, you know, but um, I feel like they should all be worth like hundreds of millions in my in my mind or something. You get that? You ever get that? Uh, yeah, sometimes the numbers that you end up finding out can can seem like the you know either way too high or way too low. Um, but I mean, if you think about Entourage, he obviously he that's what he's most well known for. Like he was an old school. He was in a movie called Runaway Jury. He was all, going all the way back to Seinfeld. He was in Seinfeld early on as like Bizarro World George. Uh, but what I mean. What else has he really done? Wow. Yeah. I know. But yeah, so good for him for that that number. Well, Ron Jeremy, by contrast, um is worth he has he has six million dollars in assets. Not uh, bad. Not bad. Not bad. At one point he had over forty million dollars. But he, as this uh, article notes uh has lost most of this money towards sexual assault settlements and legal fees he's been accused of sexual assault more than a dozen times over the years and due to these cases he lost most of his most of his wealth um going towards legal fees and settlements so there you have it helga um Thanks, thank helga. you thank you thank you for writing in um and if if you want to join in and kind of just follow helga's lead uh why don't you write us in what are your burning questions? What do you want us to talk about? What do you want to hear about? What do you want to learn on the big if by writing it right into us at the big if pod at gmail.com? Hey, can I tell you something that I think we both kind of always probably deep down in our hearts kind of knew already? Mm-hmm. Uh, but our TikTok page is semi-dormant at the moment we don't do a lot with video content right now at the moment i'm i i'd like to see that change but currently we don't do a lot uh i just meandered over to our tiktok the other day and Mm -hmm. tiktok has this thing on your profile where you can click and see who's recently viewed it and there was like three names there was two randoms and there was this one then i clicked on the one and I think her picture might've been in like some Cardinal stuff. So I knew she was local. So I'm like, Oh, I wonder who this is. And anyway, I click on like who she follows and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And there wasn't that many people. So it was easy to kind of sift through real quick. And one of the people that she follows was the girl that was the subject of our most viewed videos ever. Me talking about that hinge date from a couple of years ago. That was kind of horrific. The stalk, the we kind of labeled her a stalker a little bit because she was like, "Have you ever been to the 09 pub?" Yeah, I was here like once four years oh, ago. But yeah, yeah, yeah. So she follows her, and that girl viewed our profile. So, so do you connecting, think, oh, wow, connecting you think the dots. I know there is. That's there's. That's not a coincidence. So, and this I'm is pretty, this is a recent visit to our TikTok page. Is what you're saying. I think, yeah, I think it like will like show you how many days ago they viewed it. And the day I looked, which was a day or two ago, it was a couple days before she had looked at it. So I, th- I always kind of thought that 
that video probably would have been viewed by the subject of the video. Um, but now I'm pretty sure it probably has. And How we didn't use it. This, this stalker lives pretty close to you. Yeah. And actually I saw her in the neighborhood for something months ago or something. I was like going for a walk slash run and I kind of have my head down and my headphones in and I'm right by the bar that she had told me that was like her favorite bar. And like, I purposely don't ever go to, I don't go to bars anyway, but I purposely would not go there. Cause I would not want to run into this girl and I'm walking down the sidewalk and I got my head down. I'm listening to music and I look up and I about just run face to face into her. And I obviously just continued to scurry along. Didn't, you know, nothing really to be said there, but uh, yeah. Oh. So, yeah, so I'm pretty sure she has seen the the videos that were viewed. That that series of the three parts got over a hundred thousand views. Wow. Uh, so yeah, whatever. I wasn't too. I, you know. Well, you know what? You might see her every four months. She'll probably see you every week and a half or so. <laughs> Through my bedroom window, she's like, "You look nice when you sleep." Pretty much, yeah. If you see if you see some like binoculars flying around in a distance, there that's definitely her pointing at you all right let's finish up this c block with a little bang here i'm gonna let you pick the topic once more do you want to talk football related topics mm -hmm. or do you want to hear this dear deidre article this advice column football is a hot subject these days now that football season has started are you going with football uh no i want to hear from deidre <laughs> okay all right, so just to revisit, this is Dear Deidre, my fling with work receptionist has gone sour, and I oh, fear yeah, she'll okay. and I fear she'll tell my fiance. Oh my gosh! All right, this might be COVID stuff, but go ahead. It might be what? I feel like this is this is going to be like a coded uh, letter. Like it could be this stalker who is actually writing in and just changing a few details. But All right, well, well, let's maybe let's not. find out about this this uh this ballyhoo of a situation over in the uk dear deidre a fun fling has turned sinister and the woman i'm sexually involved with is becoming demanding erratic and freaky i am 33 and manage a bar and restaurant our receptionist is a stunning 28 year old who gets on with all the customers and is very good at her job one day we were chatting and she told me her love life was rubbish Despite being absolutely gorgeous, she only ever meets men who use her for sex. I made a throwaway comment that if I wasn't engaged, I'd love to treat her the right way. Despite being gorgeous, she only meets men who want to... I think that's a funny choice of words, but go ahead. <laughs> that's true. From then on, she definitely made an extra effort around me and at a work summer party, asked me back to her place. This is going to be a bad idea. Yeah. What's this bloke's name? Uh, this is, um, he, he doesn't say his name. I don't think no. he wants his name out there. So she, hard. so, uh, and at a work summer party asked me back to her place the day before I had a huge argument with my fiance 31 who wasn't speaking to me. So with a few beers inside me, I readily agreed. We had such a fun night. Even though I was a bit of a messy drunk, she said she didn't mind and wanted to hook up again when I was more sober. Now she has started coming up behind me at work and fondling me or herself. 
or herself. I guess she's coming up behind him and fondling him or herself. She's mixing it up. That only works if she's fondling him. If she comes up behind him and she's fondling herself, that doesn't, what is, that just makes you a, a fucking deviant. <laughs> she's taken to coming into my office and straddling me. I was very scared we would get caught, but she just laughed. We have had sex three times at work now, but I want it to stop. My fiance and I have patched things up and I'm terrified she's going to find out about this. The receptionist has started phoning me all the time, demanding I meet her immediately. The excuses are wearing pretty thin with my fiance. This woman has started to accuse me of being like all the other men, only using her for the sex. She says I promised I would treat her right and she might have to tell my fiance what kind of man she's marrying. I never know when she's going to contact me or what she is going to do next. I'm not sure how to wind everything back. That's the end of his article. That's the end of his part of the article. Did Deidre write back to this uh, walking piece of shit? Yeah, Deidre always writes back with her advice. Did did Deidre um, do him dirty? Did or did I was trying to do a little alliteration there for our New York Post fans? But did Deidre? dress him down let's find out i am afraid the genie is out of the bottle all you can do is hope your fiance loves you enough to give you another chance now that you've realized sex on tap can have a downside you must be firm and clear tell her it was fun while it lasted but it is over stick to your guns she may take some convincing as she knows how to press your buttons you would be wise to come clean with your fiance as it sounds likely your fling will tell her it will always come better firsthand from you. You should read my support pack, Cheating. Can you get over it? Which will help you both work out if you can survive this. All right. I, I wish she would have... Uh, it sounded almost like she was trying to help the guy. And it, I would have liked a little bit more dressing down. Yeah, what would you have told him? I've told him, no, you can't turn back the hands of time, you fucking class A moron. He, uh, it doesn't it doesn't sound like he has a very well healed he, he does not have bohemian a, approach you know, to sexual fidelity. I agree completely. Couldn't agree more with you there. And uh if you do not for those of you who do not possess a well healed bohemian approach to sexual fidelity. We need to get shirts made with that on there. <laughs> that is the best. Uh, I'll tell you what. I was ripping Rita Wiggle earlier, but she got me with that one. Do you think when you uh, after we get done, if you have a minute, I would be interested to see what your AI art creation could come up with with the phrase a well-heeled bohemian approach to sexual uh, fidelity. OK, I can do that. Um, yeah, I, okay, obviously cheating, stepping out on somebody that you intend to marry, bad, bad, bad. Yeah, it, it's, like a, it's, like, it's like a modern uh, scarlet letter, right? Yeah, but let me tell you this. Take just the fiancé part out of it. Uh -huh. The idea of having a woman sneak up behind me at work or really anywhere else and fondling me and also sometimes fondling her. That's about as hot as it gets in my mind. 
I'm, I mean, I'm not saying it's not like a, it's, it's not a sexy thing that's happening in the workplace, but uh, I cast aspersions on it due to his uh, engagement to a woman that he committed, has committed the rest of his life to. He's a philanderer. He's a philanderer. And I hope he's probably a big, he's probably a big if listener. He's a big, big ifer. Speaking of fondling in a public environment, Mm -hmm. are you familiar with friend of the show, Lauren Boebert and her situation? (laughs) I am. And what a fantastic, fantastic story. I mean, a woman who stands upon and screams from the top of uh, family values protecting our protecting our children protecting our children this is a grandmother mind you right a a gilf a gilf a grandmother who is younger than us she is she 40 i think i I don't think she's 40 yet in her 30s decided um for those of you uh in belgium across the seas or um in fenton missouri helga this one's for you um if you haven't heard lauren bobert Congresswoman from Colorado, uh, a couple weeks ago was seen. Uh, she she uh, was seen taking in a production of the musical Beetlejuice in a Denver playhouse, and um, Lauren, just being the trailer American that she is, <laughs> has decided that she wants to uh, vape. Yeah, holla vape in the theater while the show's going on singing along uh, at the top of her lungs to the music in the show laughing uncontrollably as though she's super cocktailed or on some sort of uh you know legal substance there in denver and uh the the cake of it was that she was uh was what was it uh the guy her date who was a it was a first owner. date. It, it was, was a first, first date. date. <laughs> first date. Her date starts fondling her breast, or she keeps his you hand can, and holding it there. You can say titties. Well, this is a congressperson and a woman. <laughs> I don't. Know. Fair enough, breast. But he's got his hand all over this bitch's titties, and <laughs> then she decides to grab his rod with oh, yeah. her right hand and like give that a good uh, a good squeezing. And finally, mercifully, thanks to uh, other, you know, other patrons of this show, she is removed by the opera house or the playhouse uh, staff and denies all of this stuff ever happened until lo and behold, camera footage shows up of her vaping, fondling and saying i believe she said uh to them do you know who i am which is just one of my favorite entitled statements it's a great line celebrity ever it's a great line this story is just so so good oh i love this i love this and i'm gonna take my i'm gonna take my hatred for her as a person out of it i'm also going to What's the word absolve mean? Uh, if I'm absolving you of your sins, I'm basically giving you a pass. 
that's not the right word then. I'm going to take the fact that I just want to say that I, I think their, their public randiness, I'm, you can't be doing that if there's kids around and shit. But once again, just like the, the work thing, the the public fondling if they could have done it a little bit more secretly once again that's just hitting me in all the right spots i Fine. think that's that's, that's hot that's cool yeah you're having a good date where did they meet where did this first date meet like honestly and did he know who she is or is he just sitting there looking at her like oh she's pretty banging like i i um i'll swipe right and i've got two tickets to beetlejuice tonight uh probably they, they might have met on christian mingle i don't know maybe. maybe okay big if because we always need to bring it back to the big if. all right let's finish let's wrap it up with a big if if i called you and i said hey hey buddy um I matched with this girl and I think I'm going to go out on a date with her. Uh-huh. Uh, she's attractive. Um, I don't know her all that well. I know a little bit about her. I believe you know a little bit about her too. She uh, had a few red flags on her profile, but she's just, <laughs> she's super hot. And you're not going to believe this, Jeff, but it's actually um, Lauren Bobert, representative out of Colorado's third district. Um, I, I, I think would, I'm gonna. I, I think we're gonna go out on a date. Would you be pro that scenario, or would you yes. say, yeah? Oh yeah, I would. I would definitely encourage you to go on that date. Um, I just think the whatever comes out of it is going to be. Hold on. <laughs> Excuse me. Ooh. Bless Whatever you. comes out of it is going to be just comedy gold, just gold. Uh, just you're gonna have a story for life. Like this bar owner in Denver now has a story for life. By the way, uh, registered Democrat. Uh, really? Bar. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, jo- that's not a joke. He is a registered Democrat, and uh, I love that about this whole story. Uh, everything about it is just so damn wonderful. Oh, what a just a a hypocrite at the highest level, and the fact that it happened during Beetlejuice the musical, <laughs> Death's Kiss. I'll tell you, there is some something about that. If this were like, uh, fucking, uh, I don't know, Les Misérables or something, it wouldn't carry the same weight. Schindler's List. Yeah, uh, 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 Wicked. <laughs> Well, I think I'm gonna shoot her an email and see if she wants to go out. Yeah, let her know. She's she's uh, in the public eye. She doesn't mind high profile stuff. She likes being fondled. Um, she vapes. She checks a lot of boxes. She checks a lot of boxes. She's she's like, um, a good height. She's an attractive woman. Okay, let's say you want we've to already a podcast. Uh, well, yeah, we can shoot her an email from. I'll shoot her an email about the date from my personal account. We'll email her about the podcast from the pod account. Okay. Uh, all right. If we've already established that Lauren Bobert either already is or is going to be a grandmother, yes. Uh, yes, yes. 
let's say that I go out on this date with Lauren Bobert and I, despite my long-standing feeling of not wanting to have children, I impregnate Lauren Bobert. You're you're done for, buddy. What would the relationship be from the kid that she and I are having to the grandchild that like what how would they be related is that like somebody's uncle like is that like an uncle and a nephew what would that be i'm trying to like yeah, yeah you'd be popping out uncles and aunts it always strikes me as crazy when there's like nephews and nieces that are older than the aunt and the uncle it is a weird thing but it happens every now and then it does yeah it does happen every now i forget the last person i heard uh had that maybe is it N- nicole warner am i tripping I know Jason and Jeff Brewster were older than their uncle back in the day. Huh. Interesting. That's a name you probably didn't expect to hear. No, I did not. I did not. Uh, well, that seems like as good of a place to any to wrap this one up. I agree. I agree. This has been an exceptional episode. I think we went uh, the right direction by starting at the end where we're doing good and then moving into uh you know, finishing off with trailer trash like Lauren Bobert, probably a nice direction for this podcast. Um, but if you have any alternate suggestions, please email us, um, like Helgo O'Brien of Fenton, Missouri, at thebigifpod at gmail.com. Send us in uh, what, your thoughts, your ideas. We literally do not care uh, what you want to talk about. But also, if you don't mind um, just sending Venmoing us also. Because this costs money to put on. <laughs> yeah. This costs money to put on. Yeah, for the uh for the Zoom business account, for the RSS feed to upload it to the the different podcast forums. This is costing us money. And if you enjoy these discussions, every little bit helps. It's true. Every little bit helps. So and I want to leave. I want to leave the audience with the, unless you, do you have anything else about the Venmo thing? Uh, no, no. All right. Well, I'm just going to leave you guys with this. Take this for what it's worth. I'm not, I've obviously fucked up life quite a bit, but I, if I have a piece of advice that I want you to take out of today's episode and put to use, it's like, I want you to think about trying to incorporate having a more well-heeled bohemian approach to sexual fidelity and i think if you do that you're gonna find that life just gets way better couldn't have said it better thanks for listening